Welcome to the Environmental Justice Lab. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Joseph. Thank you so much for joining me. So it's still May, which means it's still Mental Health Awareness Month. And just like the previous episodes in May, all month long, we are talking about the connection between environmental racism and injustice and mental health. We've been talking about how contamination is directly linked to mental health illness. We know all about how contamination leads to physical health issues, but we don't talk enough about how these contaminants lead to mental health issues. So last week we talked about lead contamination and how it's linked to various health disorders, things like major depression, mood disorders, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder in children, and severe disorders like schizophrenia and psychosis in adults. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about the impact that air pollution has on mental health. So we talk a lot about on this podcast, and I'm sure you've read a lot about how air pollution can affect you physically, particularly when you consider the cumulative impacts on people when they are exposed to multiple emitters, multiple types of contaminants. There's a lot of issues that come from being exposed to multiple types of air pollutants consistently for a long period of time. But now we have to talk about the mental health impacts of that pollution. So stay tuned. This is the Environmental Justice Lab. Welcome to the Environmental Justice Lab. I'm Dr. Joseph. Thank you for listening. So we're talking about the effects of air pollution and what it can do to your mental health. And so I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the physical impacts of air pollution. That's been well established. Most of you listening are probably well aware of the physical health issues that come with exposure to air pollution. Things like cancer, asthma, heart disease, emphysema, respiratory illnesses, different cardiovascular diseases. All of these things come from being exposed to air pollution consistently and regularly. And so we're not going to spend too much time talking about that. There are other episodes that really dig into that a little bit more closely. I would encourage you to listen to some of those episodes and really look at the resources that are listed to learn more about how that happens. However, I do want to make this one point that air pollution is experienced disproportionately by people of color. You may have already known that, but it's important to highlight that reality when we think about the mental health issues associated with air pollution because these issues will also be borne disproportionately by people of color as well. And there are several studies out there that highlight this reality from NBC News to PBS to the New York Times, print media, online resources. There's even investigative reporting from places like ProPublica that have all discussed how air pollution is disproportionately impacting people of color. But I want to spend just a little bit of time to highlight this one study I found, which I thought was really informative and really good at how it talked about the ways in which people of color are impacted by air pollution. And so this study was done in 2021, published in the Journal of Science Advances, and it really drives home this point and does a really good analysis of the problem. And so there's a link to the study in the description if you want to read more about it. And the title of the article is real simple. It says PM 2.5 polluters disproportionately and systematically affect people of color in the United States. And it shows how people of color are disproportionately exposed to air pollution, in this case particulate matter, by the majority of sources that you could find out in the environment. And so what's good about this study is that it lists 14 sources of air pollution and it talks about the degree to which white, black, Asian, and Hispanic populations are exposed to them. 
So the sources they list are industrial, agricultural, coal, electric utilities, gas vehicles, diesel vehicles, off-highway vehicles, construction pollution, residential wood combustion, road dust, other types of contamination. And so it does a really good job of listing all these different sources and talking about how each of these sources are impacting different populations. There's 14 total. Definitely look at those and see where this pollution comes from and see how it impacts different populations differently. The main takeaway, obviously, from the study was that racial and socioeconomic disparities in air pollution exposure exist all across the United States. And even though the total amount of pollution has decreased over time with regulation and with different air pollution control devices and different measures taken by different states, there's still a disproportionate amount of exposure to air pollution by people of color. And so even as the total amount has gone down, the disproportionate impact still remains in these different populations. And so when you look at this study, you'll see that overall, black populations experience levels of pollution from all its sources higher than the average and disproportionately when compared to other groups that were shown in the study. The study also highlights the reality that the disparity exists across all income levels. So there's this idea out there that's been debunked on several occasions, but it still persists, that income is the reason why you would see these disparities, that these facilities are placed in lower income areas primarily whether they're poor white populations or poor black populations or poor Hispanic populations, the fact that they're poor is the reason why they're seeing more exposure to air pollution and not simply their race. Well, this study clearly demonstrates that that is not the case, that this disparity exists across all income levels. So whether you're rich or whether you're poor, the issue isn't necessarily your income, it's your race and ethnicity. So no matter how you look at income, the disparities and the disproportionate impact still remains in the populations of color. And so that finding continues to undo the myth that income is the driving factor for where this pollution will end up and who gets exposed to it, right? So you might think, well, I'll just not live in a poor community. I'll move out and that will shield me from these disproportionate impacts. Well, if your community that you move to, whether it's middle class, upper middle class, lower income, if it's primarily inhabited by people of color, you can anticipate that you will still experience disproportionate levels of air pollution. That's just the reality and it speaks to the greater, broader social issue of environmental racism where it doesn't matter what you make it doesn't matter where you live necessarily. What matters is the makeup of the community, and that determines what kind of burden you'll experience from the environment when you live from day to day. So we know that that's the case. We've seen the studies. This article is just another example that demonstrates that reality. And so it's important to recognize that. The article says very clearly the difference in the average exposure between people of color and whites is two and a half times larger for people of color across all income levels. So it's important to recognize that income is not the determining factor. Race, ethnicity is. 
And that is how you can tell who will experience higher, more burdensome levels of air pollution. Look at the race. Look at the ethnicity of the population first, and then you'll know. Income, education, all the other social and economic factors that people like to evaluate, they're important, but they don't drive this disparity. Race does. And it's important to keep this in mind because when we think about the reality that air pollution can cause significant mental health issues, we also can see that these issues would be borne disproportionately by people of color. And there are a lot of mental health issues that are caused by air pollution or that are associated with air pollution. The research isn't clear on if it's caused or not, but there is a definite association and a connection between increased air pollution and increased mental health issues and disorders in the communities in which you find that pollution. And so, for instance, when you think about depression, researchers have shown that there's an increased risk of depressive symptoms among individuals who are more exposed to particulate matter. And there's increasing awareness that when you do assessments for depression among adults, that those who live in areas that have higher levels of air pollution have worse depression scores on those assessments because there's an association between the two and there's a connection between experiencing depression and this is clinical depression, the kind that's been diagnosed by practitioners. There's a connection between that depression and increased levels of air pollution in your community. The same thing is true for things like cognitive impairment. So researchers have found that there's an increased risk of cognitive decline when you live in an area with increased levels of particulate matter. And they're starting to evaluate different associations with things like dementia, Alzheimer's disease, memory loss. There's continuing research being done to see how strong of an association there is between air pollution and these types of cognitive issues and mental health disorders because so far the research is sparse, it's very minimal, but they're beginning to see connections and see associations. And so there's more and more work being done to understand how they're related and how they go together. And it's just an important thing to realize because it's beginning to be shown that the environment you live in is a contributing factor to whether or not you experience these kinds of disorders and these types of issues. Where you live matters. Think about children. So last episode, we talked about lead and how that affects the development of children and their brains and how they behave and things of that nature. Similar things have been found for air pollution when it comes to children. So if a pregnant woman is exposed to high levels of air pollution, the data is showing that there's an increased risk of low birth weights, preterm births, neurological issues in the fetus and in the child which are all factors that play into the potential for those children to have mental health issues later in life. And they've even begun to look at the idea that air pollution and this kind of exposure on pregnant or nursing mothers can have associations with autism and autistic spectrum disorders. And so there's a lot of studies that are now starting to show that as you increase the amount of pollution that a mother experiences during pregnancy, you increase the risk of the child having one of these disorders. And so all of these issues, all these problems are associated with the air pollution. And when you think about the disproportionate exposure that people of color experience, 
Well, these disorders will also be disproportionately seen and experienced by those same communities. There are even studies that are showing that suicide and self-harm can be associated with increased air pollution in certain areas, in certain instances. So that's even more intense and even more of an issue because suicide, self-harm, if you survive those instances, it has lasting impacts on how you develop and how you function as a child and as an adult. There's just so many issues associated with it. And another study I was reading, it's a review study that was really well done, really comprehensive, talked about how exposure to air pollution was associated with depressed moods, psychotic disorders, poor mental health, depressive symptoms, so many wide-ranging mental health issues connected to air pollution. And so we can't ignore that reality. We can't ignore the fact that these increased levels of air pollution are having damaging mental health impacts on the people who are exposed to them. And so this is what we know. This is what we can take home with us and know without a doubt. One, we can know that people of color are exposed to air pollution at much higher rates for much longer periods of time than our white friends and neighbors. And we also know that researchers are connecting air pollution with a wide range of mental health disorders, depression, anxiety, psychotic disorders. And we also know that there's emerging research that's looking at the connection between air pollution and things like increased suicide rates and autism and self-harm. And so when we think about all the places in the U.S. and all around the world with highly concentrated, sustained levels of air pollution, we can't ignore these mental health impacts. We just can't ignore them. And even when we think about the physical issues that come with air pollution, we have to also remember that we need a very strong, robust mental health response as well when we're dealing with people living in these communities. We need resources. We need trained professionals. We need facilities that can provide good mental health care. It can't just be emergency room, physical health care issues that we're trying to address and deal with. The mental health aspect of this problem cannot be ignored, especially when you combine air pollution that they're experiencing or people who are experiencing high levels of air pollution with other issues in their communities. There may be water pollution. There may be declining quality of the houses there. There may be no green space. There's nothing there that really shows that you have a really vibrant, healthy community or environment. No employment opportunities, no educational opportunities, just poor health in general. All of these things can contribute and compound the mental health issues that are associated with air pollution or water pollution or any other kind of issue that you might experience in a community. And so we need to have a holistic understanding of these issues and we have to fully understand the wide ranging impacts that come along with being exposed to high levels of air pollution on a consistent basis. We have to be able to do that and then and then we can respond accordingly and then we can actually have the interventions and the resources needed to fully engage and fully help those who are dealing with these issues and these impacts in a disproportionate way. Until we have the understanding, we can't have the proper interventions and the proper way of addressing these issues. But once we understand it, then we can respond accordingly. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening to the Environmental Justice Lab, where we are for the people and for the planet.
See you next time.